peace, peace, peace on this thoughtful Thursday, April 20th, 2023. I recently did an episode on PTSS, which is post-traumatic slave syndrome as defined by black scholar, black female scholar, Dr. Joy DeGruy. And um, I attended a panel with other black female scholars, Raquel Ward, Isis Bay, Dr. Sonia Richardson. Um, note, Isis Bay will be a doctor within the next couple of years. She is um, actively working on her PhD in public health. Um, but going forward, <clears throat> one of the questions, well, the only question from the audience that was made up of black and white women um, was a question about how DEI can, um, what was the terminology? How can DEI expose problems in the workplace or something like that? And so when the, when the question was read by the event coordinator, and again, it was the one and only audience question, and I will make a, a educated guess that the question came from a white woman. DEI, for those who may not know, is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that is an, an actual certificate that some educational institutions uh, study and like give certificates in, and it's actually a um, a job title. So when the question was asked by the event coordinator, the panel literally was silent. Now, this was a panel of very talkative women, very informed women, very educated women, um, full of experience, public speakers, but they were silent because the question, this is how I know well, not no, but the educated guess is that it came from one of the white women in the in the room because we don't ask about diversity, equity, and inclusion because we know that that's something that is, it's an avoidance tactic. It's a way to get around actually calling a thing a thing. Anti-oppression work, anti-racism work, Resolving the anti-blackness, resolving the problem of anti-blackness in the workplace. So the question was asked, nobody said anything. And then one of the panelists was like, read the question again. Say, say it out loud so that the person who asked the question can hear their question being spoken out loud. They can hear themselves in that question. And so the person asked, again, how does DEI, how can DEI be utilized to pinpoint like trauma in the workplace or something like that, racism, whatever. And the panel was very to the point. Raquel Ward said, the separateness of that, the fact that you even have to get a diversity, equity, inclusion person into your office into your workplace environment tells you that there's a problem. You know there's a problem if you have to, to, to get that resource. And so she spoke to working in a very, very, very large healthcare system who um, around 2020, because all of this was real big in 2020, mind you, um, for the pandemic and for racist issues that you know, people are protesting around the world about the the George Floyd murder and other murders of black people. And Raquel Ward said, you know, everybody was trying to log in and get a seat to sit in on the discussion. But the actual work to be done is not going to be learned in one setting for one day. And I have the certificate and now racism is resolved. How? So um, Dr. Sonia Richardson spoke to the fact that diversity, equity, inclusion sounds cute, but in order to get to the work, 
You got to call a thing a thing. You got to call a thing a thing. Other than that, you're just playing games. You're just playing word games. So she said, speak to it. To the person that's, that asked that question about diversity, equity, and inclusion and how it can work in the workplace, stop calling it that and call it what it is. Anti-oppression work. Anti-racism work. And Isis Bay was like, y'all asking us questions? What are you going to do? You sat here and heard all of this information that we spoke about. How are you going to implement it within yourself day to day? What are you going to do? It was a rhetorical question, but it was something like, ask yourself that question. Stop waiting for somebody to tell you not to be a racist. And specifically, anti-black racism, not to practice anti-black racism. And anybody can be an anti-black racist. Anybody. Even black people. I'll just say one name. Clarence Thomas. There's more than one name I could say. But, um... <laughs> I'll leave it right there. So the reason that I even got into the DEI, that memory came up, was this news article that's going to be my read for today that um, I found in the Amsterdam News, New York Amsterdam News. That website is AmsterdamNews.com. And the headline is, Lawsuits Pile Up Against Companies Who Failed to Honor DEI pledges after the murder of George Floyd. This article was published April 18th, 2023 and written by NNPA Newswire senior correspondent Stacy M. Brown. Lawsuits. Because they made the pledge, they said the cute words, but they didn't honor them. They didn't take action. And so now, the black people who believed their words are in a courtroom doing a lawsuit. It's interesting, the hamster wheel. I, I don't want to use that word interesting because it's not. It's annoying. The hamster wheel is not only annoying, it's exhausting. Maya Angelou told us, believe people when they tell you who they are the first time. They keep on giving the chances and believing Listen, they tell us who they are every day. And again, I don't like to group anybody, not white people, not black people, not Asians or Hispanics, because it's not fair. Everybody makes individual individualized choices. Just like that person in the room who asked that question and then got the responses that she got from the panel and specifically, Isis Bay's response was, ask yourself the question about what you're going to do about racism and oppression as it applies to your workplace. You're concerned, you're concerned about what are you going to do as an individual to change that work environment because that's a hostile work environment. To be black in a majority white work environment that is unwelcoming is extremely hostile and extremely exhausting and I am talking from very personal experience the job I work at now is not considered um, you don't have to have a degree to work the job I'm, I'm working right now although I do have a degree the environment that I used to work in was majority white and extremely hostile and very physically unhealthy for me because it, it was. The, the environment I work in now, I don't utilize my degree in any way. Well, not let me not say that because I'm very organized in my work and I'm very detail-oriented. So that does help me be efficient to get my workload done during the day. But the work environment, although it's another majority white work environment where all the executives and upper level people, the people with the money and the decision making and ownership, 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 ownership is big, um, are all white. Majority male, um, 
some white females, definitely all white. But at least it's not hostile. And I appreciate that for the moment until it's time to make my next move. But I had to, no, I chose to be in this work and my current work environment for a peace of mind to take a breath for a moment. And I make way less money in my current work environment, but my peace of mind over the past year has been very helpful, has been very healthy for me. So um, I made more money in the previous work environment, but it was tearing up my insides in all kinds of ways. So diversity, equity, and inclusion lawsuits. Very interesting. Let's get into the article. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Before I get all the way into the lawsuits, I decided to take a look at how diversity, equity, and inclusion is being defined in a variety of spaces. Um, This first space is the Inclusion Hub, www.inclusionhub.com. And this article was written by Lisa Dunn and published November 6th, 2020. What is diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI? Diversity, equity, and inclusion encompasses the symbiotic relationship, philosophy, and culture of acknowledging, embracing, supporting, and accepting those of all racial, sexual, gender, religious, and socioeconomic backgrounds, among other differentiations. In the push to make the world a more inclusive place, experts and activists utilize specific terminology when describing inclusion work's goal to transform society into a more just place. If you're new to the world of diversity and inclusion, however, it can sometimes feel like such users are speaking an entirely new language, which can make dipping your toes into this culture quite intimidating. Here's a useful breakdown of several associated phrases, acronyms, and words, and why they're important. Key diversity and inclusion terms include D&I, diversity and inclusion, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DIB, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, DEB, diversity, equity, and belonging. These may seem identical, but there are significant differences. Let's unpack them a bit more. My voice, because I'm reading it in my school teacher, no, because I used to teach, not my school teacher voice, but the the teacher voices that I I have... uh, (sighs) come across in my life that talked at me not to me but at me this is just a bunch of mm-mm. but let me not let me not be just completely dismissive because while it's off the mark it's not helping to stop anti-black violence and murder and destroying black life mentally, physically, socially, economically, um, attempting to destroy black life in those ways. But it does help other people. It does help other people who are facing things in the workplace. So uh, let's unpack them a bit more. Diversity acknowledges all the ways people differ, race, sex, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, socioeconomic status, religious beliefs, and more. Inclusion is about diversity in practice. It's the act of welcoming, supporting, respecting, and valuing all individuals and groups. Equity is often used interchangeably with equality, but there's a core difference 
where equality is a system in which each individual is offered the same opportunities regardless of circumstance, equity distributes resources based on needs. We live in a disproportionate society and equity tries to correct its imbalance by creating more opportunities for people who have historically had less access. So far, that's the closest line to talking about black people, the people who all the protests were about and for, and, and why the, 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 the streets were painted Black Lives Matter. People who have historically had less access, that's the closest thing to talking about black people. But again, not calling a thing a thing, not talking about anti-oppression and anti-racism and anti-blackness. Ah, they continue with the definition of belonging. Belonging infers that an equitable structure is in place and functioning to make all people, no matter their differences, feel welcome. And you can't make somebody feel welcome. They have to tell you. They let you know if they feel welcome. You can't tell somebody you feel welcome, right? You see all of the things that we did right here? All the things that came out of my head? And this this makes me feel welcome. So that makes you feel welcome, right? Yes, you feel welcome. No, you can't make all people feel welcome. You can ask them for their real input and be authentic about it. And ask them. And if they feel safe, they'll be honest with you. But if they don't feel safe, and if their self-identity, self-esteem, their safety, job security is, is at play, they might not tell you the truth. Because they want their job. There's no authenticity in any of this. Not for me. Not as a black woman. Um, You can't make me feel welcome. I will let you know if I do or don't. If I choose to. When you reach for equity, you're striving for a system that benefits everyone, no matter their circumstance. Belonging is when this not only works, but no one feels as if their inclusion is questioned. Equity, diversity, and inclusion all mean different things, but interact with and rely on one another. Equity is the goal of diversity and inclusion. Nice goal. Justice is the mission of equity in which an equitable system works so well it eventually eliminates the systemic problems driving the need for the latter. Nice words. In other words, everything is fairly and evenly distributed to people no matter their race, gender, physical ability, or other personal circumstances. Where DNI focuses on making all groups feel welcome, DEI also addresses these systemic ways, access to things such as education, food, the web, and more are unequally distributed. Distributed. What does this have to do with the web accessibility? DEI has a direct impact on web accessibility, Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, WCAG, aren't just a matter of being Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA compliant. Adhering to web accessibility measures is the right thing to do ethically, morally, and economically. According to the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 61 million Americans have a disability. That's more than 25% of the population. The web is not made for people with disabilities, however. Everything from flash websites to the wrong color, contrast ratio, difficult to read font size and weight, complicated language, and lack of image descriptions makes the internet difficult to use. For the pragmatists among us, the economic impact of equity and especially web accessibility is a net positive. Think about it this way. Utilizing DEI as a strategy for how you conduct business broadens your reach to countless prospects and an accessible web presence opens you up to the 61 million Americans with disabilities who rely on such language, alt text on images, and other WCAG approved features. So this website focused ultimately on um, people with disabilities and how it would benefit you to be more accessible to people with disabilities. And it is the right thing to do 
and all of that. But um, I don't see the Black Lives Matter anti-racist, anti-oppression in there for black people. I do see it for people with certain disabilities. And again, that's really real. Just like in the civil rights, um, all those marches and stuff, people, I mean, good things came out of it. But, yeah, black people still facing um, treatment the way George Floyd um, was treated uh, by police, public servants. Um, Ahmaud Aubrey is still facing treatment by friends of the police who the police literally let get away with murder unless there's video proof and complete outrage around the world and um, people like uh, Breonna Taylor are still (sighs) treated the way she was treated Um, and you know there are still hostile work environments where black people just you know, we have to make a living too. We have to, but we got to get creative because this is, um, it's a lot to deal with. So on another website, builtin.com, and this was written by Kate Hines. What does diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, mean in the workplace? And This is the Catalina Coleman, Director of HR and Inclusion at Built-In, explains the meaning and importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So let's see how it's defined at this workplace. Though it has made strides in the last decade, um, this was published recently, updated recently, February 3rd, 2023, during Black History Month. Plus, go y'all. Though it has made strides in the last decade, the tech industry remains extremely homogenous. According to a 2022 built-in survey, one in four companies are more than 70% white, while almost 40% of women and black, indigenous, and people of color, which is called BIPOC, employees feel excluded from decision-making processes. If tech companies want to build an industry that truly looks toward new horizons, they need to make diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, a central part of their values. What is diversity, equity, and inclusion? Defining diversity, equity, and inclusion. DEI stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. As a discipline, D-E-N-I is any policy or practice designed to make people of various backgrounds feel welcome Again, making them feel welcome. Hopefully they're included in the process, the welcoming process, so that it's authentic and real. Um, And ensure they have support, key, to perform to the fullest of their abilities in the workplace. Diversity refers to the presence of differences within a given setting in the workplace. That may mean differences in race, ethnicity, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, age, and socioeconomic background. Equity is the act of ensuring that processes and programs are impartial, fair, and provide equal possible outcomes for every individual. Inclusion is the practice of making people feel a sense of belonging at work. Diversity is the presence of differences within a given setting. In the workplace, that can mean differences in race, ethnicity, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, age, and socioeconomic class. It can also refer to difference in physical ability, veteran status, whether or not you have kids, all of those are components of diversity. Equity is the process of ensuring that practices and programs are impartial, fair, and provide equal possible outcomes for every individual. Inclusion is the practice of ensuring that people feel a sense of belonging in the workplace. This means that every employee feels comfortable and supported by the organization when it comes to being their authentic selves. Combining these three elements, DE and I is an ethos that recognizes the value of diverse voices and emphasizes inclusivity and employee well-being as central facets of success. 
To bring those values to life, companies must implement programs and initiatives that actively make their offices more diverse, equitable, and inclusive spaces. We as employers need to make sure we're including these individuals and that we're giving them equity. Mm. This is why ownership, being the boss, has definitely been a popular notion among black folks. Because I don't want to work for you and build up your stuff. And got to come and ask you for everything and for permission to feel welcome and be my authentic self. So shout out to the black entrepreneurs around the world. We appreciate you. Every single one of y'all. The ones who keep it real. Love you. Appreciate you. Um, But yeah, back to Catalina Coleman, the director of HR and inclusion at Built-In. We need to make sure that not only do they have a job, but they have the same ability to get promoted to contribute and have the same impact in the world and in the workplace as their peers. Why diversity matters. Diversity in the workplace is important because with different backgrounds come different points of view. And that's a definite fact, which ultimately leads to better ideas and solutions. That's a definite fact. Now, when people can be themselves and really contribute, whoever the employer is, the whoever the ownership is, they're going to benefit. You're going to benefit from a welcoming workplace. That's true. Diversity definitely matters. And it's definitely beneficial. Um, from a business standpoint, different perspectives directly influence a product, how it's made, who it serves, how it functions, and so on, said Coleman. More perspectives make for a better product. Very true. People from different backgrounds with varying life experiences will be able to provide new perspectives that help refine and enhance processes. There's a level of innovation that diversity contributes to, said Coleman. People bring a unique framework to the job that enables them to approach problems differently and propose unique solutions. Very true. I like this lady. The more diverse voices there are in your organization, the better your outcomes will be purely from a business standpoint. Even so, Coleman urges employers to look beyond the business case. I believe that if we give people the equitable opportunity to not only be employed, but to have employment with purpose and passion, our society can and will do great things. It's a measurable good for everyone. Agree. Why equity matters. In order to ensure equal circumstances for all individuals across the organization, equity requires that employers recognize barriers and advantages. So true. This is the crucial difference between equity and equality. Equity takes into account the fact that not everybody is starting at the same level, explained Coleman. Take home ownership, for example. Oh, she went there. A bank can make the statement that the loan application process is equal and that they will not discriminate based on race, gender, or ethnicity. That doesn't take into account student loans, familial debt, socioeconomic status, what have you. These are prohibitive factors that hold some individuals back from receiving a loan. These limitations are what define barriers and give rise to advantages, ultimately leading to an inequitable process. Okay, Coleman, she's honest. Okay. Coleman offers a second example of job application rates between men and women. Women tend to apply to roles where they meet 100% of the criteria whereas men will apply if they meet just 60%. Wow, now that's truly interesting. Yeah, that's very true. As a woman, I'm like, okay, I look at a job, and like, oh, gosh. And a man is like, I'm going to try anyway. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's a manifestation of your application process being inequitable, said Coleman. The solution would be to ask yourself, How can I standardize my job descriptions so everyone has an equal chance to apply? How can I encourage someone who is qualified to submit their application, even if they can't check every box? It's about leveling the playing field so the barriers to entry are the same for every single individual. It takes work to to change. 
it takes work to do this kind of change. And and bravo to any company. I know I'm going to talk about the lawsuits. And Wells Fargo is one of the lost people who have lost um, people. Corporations who have a lawsuit. Um, Delta Airlines and other large corporations. But on the other end, there are some who have done the work. Uh, built in. Sounding good on this on this um, article. Sounding very good. The thought process is definitely fully there. For example, rather than listing years of experience as a requirement, identify specific areas of experience or scope. Doing so opens the talent pool up to qualified applicants who may be earlier in their careers. Instead of five to seven years of project management experience, ask for experience managing projects autonomously from ideation to implementation. Inequity permeates every aspect of your business, requiring vigilance and swift action. HR practitioners have to do the work to understand how it is we can go above and beyond to make an equitable organization for everyone, said Coleman. You're not going to be able to build diversity if you're not taking the steps to be more equitable. Companies that establish equitable environments not only support diverse workforces, but also incentivize employees to invest more energy and passion into their positions. So true. Equity is why we go to work, explained Coleman. We want to get comp- we want to get compensated fairly for our work. We want to be challenged to learn and to contribute. Very true. People often choose an employer based on those things which boil down to equity. Why inclusion matters. While the workplace does require professionalism and etiquette, an inclusive culture should not bar individuals from being themselves. Employees should not worry about code switching or shielding part of their identity, said Coleman. They should be able to walk through the door without feeling like something about them has to change. Inclusion is what maintains diversity. Without it, employees will simply leave the organization. True, 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 true. If a candidate walks into a workplace and they're the only woman or BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and people of color employee, they're going to question the employer's authenticity and values, Coleman said. Reader's note, except for Black people, except for certain types of black people because the to be the first black and the only black is way, 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 way too celebrated. First black this, first black that. That's all you hear Black History Month. When the reality is, if I'm the first black one coming through that door, there's problems here with blackness. There's a very serious anti-black problem in this environment, and I'm expected to either fix it or to be that exceptional black that accepts all the crap that kept every other black person from being in this position just so I can have the title of the first black this or that. Nah, that's not good. I can't speak for other groups of people, Asian people, Hispanic people, white people. I can't speak for other people. But my people have been conditioned to believe to be the first black in a neighborhood, in a school, at a job, anywhere, is an accomplishment till you get there and you face what you're going to face. It's it's not. mm. So that that has to be. Um, addressed, and that's part of PTSS, the post-traumatic slave syndrome issue. Um, but yes, continuing, people want to belong, plain and simple, she added, and marginalized individuals, marginalized, telling a story, you write on a paper, the people who are written on the margins, they want to belong. But if you have your own paper and you write your own story, you ain't going to write yourself in the margins. I don't know about trying to get belong with everybody. Partnering is cool. But I don't know about wanting to be... I don't want to be in the middle of your story. That's your story. 
Anyway, marginalized individuals want to know that they're not going to be the token person to represent a demographic. Just spoke about that. They shouldn't have to worry about that in the workplace. They should be focused on how they're going to have an impact within the company. Why DEI is important, benefits of diversity, equity, and inclusion. DE&I is vital to creating and maintaining a successful workplace, one founded on the principle that all people can thrive personally and professionally. Bringing together people of various backgrounds leads to new and creative ideas. More importantly, a DEI strategy contributes to a space where all employees feel they have intrinsic worth, not in spite of their differences, but because of their differences. Every employee should feel valued at work by their peers and their employer, said Coleman. It's not just about opening the invitation to everyone. It's about making sure that every individual knows and feels they are welcome at your organization. And it's not just DEI professionals like Coleman who are calling for drastic shift in the tech industry. <clears throat> DEI issues matter to candidates and employees. DEI has grown in popularity among candidates and employees. In fact, Three-fourths of job seekers and employee, employees treat DE&I as a major factor when weighing job offers and companies. True. You listen, we've been in a lot of hostile environments. Don't nobody want to step into another one. So we can go to a workplace that we know, at least on paper, that they're inclusive. That is a plus, really. Candidates recognize the positive effects of an environment that welcomes a range of backgrounds and want to join this kind of space. However, employees aren't the only ones who should be pushing for more diverse and inclusive cultures. Company leaders must also make the effort to implement DEI policies, and there are plenty of incentives for businesses to get started as soon as possible. DEI initiatives improve the long-term health of companies. Companies that listen to DEI advocates demands and make changes can benefit from a diverse and inclusive culture as well. According to Forbes, increasing female partners shares by 10% often leads to a 10% rise in revenue. In addition, firms that display culturally and ethnically diverse executive teams are 33% more likely to lead their industries in profitability. When people feel welcomed for who they are, they perform at a higher level. It's a win-win situation for everyone when companies take steps to diversify their workforces. If the tech industry wants to truly be a place where innovation and ingenuity thrive, diversity, equity, and inclusion have to take center stage. Employers must actively work to create meaningful change in spite of the history of injustice that has marginalized, underrepresented groups within the workplace. This work is often spearheaded by HR departments. HR's role in implementing a DEI strategy and culture. For employers and people management professionals alike, the biggest challenge is knowing where to start. There's no quick fix, Coleman said. A lot of people immediately jump to figure out how they can make their companies more diverse, but you can't underestimate the importance of inclusion and equity. Without these two pieces, you're not going to achieve true diversity. Understanding how each element of DEI builds upon the others is important to creating a work environment that is equitable and inclusive of all individuals. Just like DEI is a multifaceted process, Coleman encourages employers to lean on each other. It's not going to be a single HR person that addresses the issue of DEI for a company. Exactly. She said, lean on your professional community. You're not going to be able to, to have all the answers because you don't have all the perspectives. Boy, round of applause for Miss Coleman. Yes, ma'am. You're not going to be able to have all the answers because you don't have all the perspectives. Ashe. The focus on DEI has prompted a huge shift for HR. I think the mindset has always been to avoid talking about these things. Yes, ma'am. What? Yes, we typically put them in the handbook and address them in training maybe once a year. We didn't want to make people uncomfortable, but these conversations are quite uncomfortable. And then you get past it and you grow or you don't. It's all choices. I think right now the call to action, the call to action, talking about the protests out in the streets. It's about understanding how to navigate that discomfort and how to use that to elevate your workforce. It's about doing the important work that is long overdue 
and becoming inclusive and equitable. That was a really good article. I definitely give kudos to the author, that HR person. And I would love to, and this was updated recently, um, again, February 3rd of this year. And it's um, on builtin.com, B-U-I-L-T-I-N.com under what does diversity, equity, and inclusion mean in the workplace? Great article. So there's positive things that have happened beyond just painting the streets and knocking down, um, taking down statues to um, racist, anti-black racist. There's some work being done, but she hit the nail on the head when she said, you got to call a thing a thing. That's not what she said, but that's what it comes down to. So now we're going to get into the lawsuits and those, those people who said all this kind of stuff, but didn't do it. The article starts out speaking to the commitments that were made by very large corporations. And I just, let's, let's go back into our memory banks just for a little second. Remember all the paintings in the street, Black Lives Matter, the paintings and the chants. And I, I feel like the biggest thing that happened were when those statues came down. Ooh. That was a celebration in my heart. Um, But other than that, like what policies and procedures have changed? Hmm. So the article starts with the aftermath of George Floyd's murder has led to several large corporations facing multiple lawsuits for failing to meet the diversity, equity and inclusion DEI commitments they made. The commitments were made following Floyd's death in 2020 with businesses quickly issuing statements and pledging to adopt new ways to combat racism. Those pledges included addressing ethnic and gender inequalities among their employee ranks. Readers pause and readers note, this is so reminiscent of civil rights, the civil rights movement. Because although gender equality definitely is meaningful and necessary, that's not what happened. That's not, it's, it was about police brutality specifically towards black people. Let's get specific. Call a thing a thing. All this, all extra stuff. Gender inequalities. Because the civil rights, the civil rights movement benefited white women way more than it did black people. But I digress. Those pledges included addressing ethnic, and see, the word ethnic is also not specifically black. Ethnic can mean anybody, any ethnicity, any. And they didn't even address that. Oh, gosh. These people, the, the liars going to lie. And they're going to do nice words, get around the lie. What, was the, what, would they, what did they do? They teach rhetoric in places like Harvard to get around, to continue their lie. And it's fun to them. This is a game. They don't care. Anyway, um, those pledges included addressing ethnic, not black, but ethnic, and gender inequalities, definitely not specifically black. So you could do ethnic and gender and still not address anti-black racism at all. However, according to Bloomberg Law, a host of lawsuits claim those pledges were never met. Among the most egregious parties are Wells Fargo and Delta Airlines. Bloomberg said those companies falsely claimed that over the past three years, they work to promote diversity, equity, and conclusion, conclusion, and inclusion. 
five shareholder lawsuits allege that Wells Fargo ran afoul of federal law against discrimination. Wells performed sham interviews to nominally fulfill a diversity-enhancing policy, the lawsuit claims. So yeah, definitely reminiscent of the civil rights era when affirmative action came out of that. I believe it came out of that. Not quite sure of the exact year and date. But we'll do the interviews and we'll, you know, say we're hiring in certain areas and we'll go to HBCU. um, What do you call them? Those... um, career days and stuff like that. But if you look at a company's website and you look at the executives, the money makers, the ownership, the decision makers, no. That's where you see the truth. The truth is it diversified or not. And listen, private companies are able to do what they will with their private companies. They have that right in this country. But in order to get certain funds and funding, you have to be diversified. And that's why they want the diversity, you know? The the quote-unquote diversity. On paper, not in real life. Further, the bank's board acted on diversity and inclusion issues only because of negative media coverage. Mm-mm-mm. Law firms have filed at least 40 suits alleging that employment discrimination has only increased since pledges were made. Really, y'all? Sarah Fort, worldwide co-chair of Latham and Watkins LLP's environmental, social, and governance practice, told the outlet that she also noted a spike in reverse discrimination claims. (sighs) So classic classic America is so boring and so predictable. According to a published report, these lawsuits take the form of shareholder derivative proceedings in which investors claim that a company's failure to achieve specific DEI goals caused the value of its stock to decline. Bloomberg noted that DEI specialized lawyers, academics, and practitioners contend that companies must balance the needs of the business, employees, shareholders, and customers when creating progressive initiatives while averting legal action from any of those groups. Bloomberg continued, one strategy offered is formulating policies aspirationally or in general terms. Lawyers asserted that instead of creating a strict quota to employ a specific number of people of color Again, not black, not black, of color, which can be be across the gamut. White people are colored. They colorful. They get mad. They turn red and pink. They colored. Everybody colored. Um, lawyers asserted that instead of creating a strict quota to employ a specific number of people of color for its board, a corporation might aim to match the proportion of people of color in its workforce to that of people of color on its board. Elena Filipova, Director of Sustainable Finance at Refinitiv, noted that the most prosperous business are genuine. The most prosperous businesses are genuine and authentic and have DEI objectives built into their DNA. Despite the lawsuits, some corporations have moved to improve DEI within their organizations. Nice. Let's get into some positivity. For example, in December 2020, Microsoft announced that it had achieved its goal of doubling the number of black, they got specific, go Microsoft, doubling the number of black and African-American managers, senior individual contributors, and senior leaders in the United States. However, the report noted that the company still has work to do to achieve gender and racial parity at all levels. Additionally, some companies are incorporating innovative approaches to improve diversity and inclusion. For instance, Airbnb has reportedly implemented a program called Project Lighthouse to increase representation across race, gender, and other dimensions. What are the other dimensions? 
The program includes creating belonging assessments that measure employees' sense of belonging and connection to the company, and then creating tailored solutions based on the results. Still, the report concluded that some corporations had improved diversity and inclusion while others faced lawsuits for failing to meet their DEI commitments. The most prosperous businesses are open and honest about their objectives, pay attention to their staff, and incorporate DEI objectives into all operations, Filipova told Bloomberg. It really needs to be genuine and authentic, built into the DNA of the organization, and then be transparent. Very true. Very true. I'm thinking of <laughs> last year, we had a meeting where we um, we were asked about how we feel. It, wasn't, it definitely wasn't DEI, as far as I was told as a employee, but um, it felt like they were asking how we felt about it. And I was very honest. And then we had a follow-up meeting this year where they said we were going to go over it, but we really just heard about the numbers. And the uh, majority white company is doing extremely well. And I'm not there forever. I have my own personal goals. Um, but yeah, it's it's the same old playbook. It's been working for institutionalized whiteness since they um, embarked on the European slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade. And I don't care what anybody else in the world did. America was built on the backs of black people and continues to blame black people for what and not repay what's owed. And so the, 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 the problem continues. The problem continues. So this article, again, can be found on AmsterdamNews.com. Let me know what you think. One.